Live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Hour two underway on a Thursday afternoon. End of the week for me for the uh, huddle. Not a road game, not on the road tomorrow, but we've got our University of Richmond Athletics Hall of Fame induction ceremony this morning that I am privileged to, to MC. I was going to say anchor, but I guess <laughs> that's what you do. You anchor. I get to MC that tomorrow night on the uh, Richmond that, campus. Is that like one of those dates on your calendar that you just, I mean, I don't know if you do a red circle or a blue circle, but it's like it's one of those those events you just don't want to miss. You always look forward to the, the Hall of Fame banquet. Here's what I say about that because I am also fortunate enough to be involved in the behind-the-scenes part of that Ooh, and the okay. selection. I don't necessarily get a vote, but I kind of oversee the committee that does vote, so I'm digging up information mm-hmm. on the candidates mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. It's the hardest, most difficult meeting and process that you could ever imagine, yep. which is a positive because there are just so many deserving yep. uh, individuals and teams. But at the end of it, it's probably the best, warmest, fuzziest, positive event that mm-hmm. we stage all year. And I know you do it for Virginia State, and I'm sure it's the same down there as well. The once I'm not you in the get behind to the, the scenes with, with well, you, right. with, with State, but I am with Petersburg. I am a part of that. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, when you get to... When yeah, you get to the finish line, it, yep. it's a tremendous event, and people are just so appreciative of it yeah. that, that it, it, makes, it makes it all worthwhile. Especially when you do the research of the athlete or the coach or the team, and you're thinking about, like, wow, they did that mm-hmm. here? Really? Well, okay. And then, and then you see them at the podium receiving their flowers and you know you hearing the stories and you see some people maybe tearing up or, or laughing and stuff like that so I, i'm a total agreement with mm-hmm. you on that so that's where i am tomorrow so that's why there's no show and then spider football is um is on saturday so we're wrapping it up here today with the uh, feel good thursday edition so we had burnett mcglade on and you know i threw it in there at the end i knew she wasn't <laughs> going to say anything about it i guess and i guess you hadn't hadn't seen it i hadn't seen it. i but, saw the army uh, right, the, Army the, to the AAC. Yeah, that, that that is happening. That's yeah. that's a done deal, and they're going for football only. Mm-hmm. So now the tweet came out from Bluff City Media, Hitmen Hoops Media. I'm not sure who they are, so yeah. you know I don't know much about it. And Matt Matt had a great disclaimer about this yesterday. He's like, I'm not telling you it's right. I'm not telling you it's wrong. I'm just telling you it's out there. Mm-hmm. And it said the American Athletic Conference is, quote, engaged in serious talks, end quote, with VCU to join as a basketball-only member. These discussions have been ongoing for a few weeks, but talks are ramping up in the wake of Army's addition to the AAC. I just don't buy it. I, I, I don't see it on so many different levels, mm-hmm. the least of which from Bernadette McGlade's perspective. There is no way in the world – VCU is jumping out of the A-10 to go play basketball in the American Athletic Conference and keeping the rest of its sports. Ain't happening. It ain't happening. The other 14 schools are going to kick them out, you know, the faster Take than all the, your sports sure. with you to the yeah, AAC. Yeah. You're not, not, yeah, they're not absolutely. doing that. So from that standpoint, I don't put much credence yeah. in this report. And I just don't know that they have some similar like schools. Yeah. You mentioned Temple earlier. They're mm-hmm. in there in Memphis and mm-hmm. those schools. But I, I just don't see that that's the move VCU makes at this point. And to me, if you're looking to go to a conference where you're going to potentially, where you, let's say to a conference where you will consistently get multi-bid 
multi bid uh, opportunities mm-hmm. to the big dance, I would take the A10 over the AAC. Yeah, day. right. So I agree. why would I leave to a you know one bid league maybe as opposed to the A10 where you know every two three years you can get three teams at least. Yes. So yeah. yeah. No, I, so I didn't I didn't put much credence in it. Obviously, as the commissioner. She's got to, you know, check it, check mm-hmm. the P's and Q's, mm-hmm. dot the I's, make sure, see what's going on. Yep. I'm sure she's done that uh, without a doubt. So I just, I don't think there's much to it. I think that's going to flush out of the news cycle. I Not, think so. I don't want to call it news cycle because I don't think it was news. Yeah, I don't think so. I, yeah. I would, I would And I shocked. think it would have been some buzz at media day. Somebody would yeah. have brought that up to Ed or his deputy AD yep. or, you know, Coach O'Boyle and her and, and players. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't even hear that at all right. at media day. So right. I, I just think it's just him. See yeah. what happens. All right. Anyway, it was out there. It's typical Twitter stuff. <laughs> you know, you know, you, you guys make the decision on, on what you want to do with, with the stuff that's out there. All right. 804-327-0888 on the Sports Huddle. Hello, Reggie. How are you? Gentlemen, Wall of Famer and future Hall of Famer. You better console your, your main man, Sean. Yes, he, he should. He had a rough week. Yeah, we're going to talk about that later week. in the show. He didn't get a chance to talk, talk later about it too much. Later in the show, like 6 o'clock. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about it after the break. The next break. we're gonna I'm not t- over it yet, Reggie. I can tell you that. I'm still hurting. I'm I'm a hurting I, pup. I'm a hurting pup, Reg. I, I was worried about title town, Bob. Yep. Well, you, you should be. Well, you the Eagles. So we do. title town. Till, till the commanders hey, hey. rise from the dead and beat them this week, probably. <laughs> from your mouth to God's ears there, Bob. <laughs> I hope not. Oh, God. Hey, Sean, um, Bob enjoyed the A&T uh, trip last week. I didn't hey, ask. I, that's I why I didn't I get a chance to ask him that. How was how was the trip down there to Greensboro? The band was good. The band was good? Yeah. The football team's not very good. And I told Reggie this. I'm not talking out of school, Reg. The operation no, needs a lot not. of work. A lot really? of work, yeah. They, it was they struggled, they struggled in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, thank you for being kind. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> but it was a beautiful day, yeah, and the trip is nice and easy. Actually, took three sixty on this one. Oh, not eighty five. Yeah, no, and it was really nice. Really liked it. Some different scenery and some turns, okay. and it was it was really nice to go that route. Rather, than, I find 85 to be very monotonous, very boring. It is boring. Uh, so this was, uh, yeah. you know. Anyway, so anyway, but the people yeah. were very nice. They were very friendly. They just need more of them and a better operation plan. Let's put it that way. Well, that is the drawback for HBCU operations. You do not have the hands, the extra hands mm-hmm. needed um, to operate an athletic department like that. That's unfortunate, but... Um, that's that's the nature of the beast. A and T, Hampton, State Union. Yeah. You may have one or two people handling a 24, 25 sport department, Oof. and you can't do that. There's no way. Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's a rough. Hey, Sean, great job with um, the TJ and Armstrong um, clip this week, and how, what we're we looking for this week. Well, that's uh, our, as, as far as we. That's our game of the week. Um, TJ and Armstrong, I think, and I, I'll have to go back to the, the archives. I think it's the first time that we've had a city rivalry as our game of the week since I've been at six. Wow. Uh, we've had city schools huh. in a game of the week, but not against each. And, and, and Lane, if he'll probably text me if he's listening to correct me. But I don't think in the 16 seasons I've done 
Final Score Friday. We have not had a city rivalry as our game of the week. So this is going to be fun. That's great. It's going to be a hobby. Yeah. Um, TJ is number one in Region 3B. Armstrong is fourth. So at least one home game for them in the playoffs if everything works out right. TJ can have home field throughout if they keep the number one seed. So hopefully it's going to be a great atmosphere over there at Hovey um, to see TJ and Armstrong. Two really good teams in Region 3B. And uh, TJ could could possibly run the table. Got one more game after this one at Colonial High. So they're trying to make a little school history uh, this season if they can continue their their great play. Yeah. Hey, Sean, real quick about it. Lou Anderson. The Godfather. Yeah, that hurt. Yeah, that hurt. I got a chance to go to his wake last Friday mm-hmm. before I went to um, – trying to remember the game. I, I'm sorry. The wake was last Thursday. It was a week ago um, before yeah. I went to Prince yeah, George to, to face yeah. Dan Woody. And I got to see a lot of old players uh, were there. DeMond Red Thompson was there. Remus James – uh, former coaches. Coach uh, McPhee was there to speak. Mm, yeah. Um, Coach Arrington Jones, who was his offensive coordinator during their heyday in the mid-90s, uh, was there. <coughs> Coach McNeil, excuse me, Coach McNeil was there. A lot of old faces that I remembered. Uh, uh, Mike London was there as well. Was he really? He told me the story real quick, if I can mention yeah. this. Before he got the job at William & Mary, as an assistant under Laycock for two weeks, he was on Coach Anderson's staff at Virginia State. It was his first full-time job as a coach. But he was living in New Kids, so we had to make that drive. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Coach Laycock offered him his job, full benefits, full-time job. He's like, where do I sign? Because it was <laughs> yeah, closer. Of course. But he was there <laughs> wow. as, well, as didn't, well. I didn't know that about, about him. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, Reggie. Yep. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, Reg. Thanks. All right. Yeah, that, uh one of the iconic coaching figures in, he in Central Virginia. was the first Virginia. coach I interacted with. At Virginia State when I was there was Coach Anderson. How about that? Yep, great yeah. man. I'm glad you're able to get to that, too. Yep, that, that's totally great. missed. Yep. All right, uh, that gets us going in the 5 o'clock hour, about 5.11. Let's tell you what we got coming up here for the next uh, 50 minutes or so. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure you'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Drive Home Headlines this afternoon brought to you by James River Air. If your heating or cooling system needs to be updated or upgraded, that's who we urge you to call. James River Air. Get a free in-home consultation of your heating and cooling system. Uh, More information available for you. Check them out online at jamesriverair.com. College football tonight. Virginia Tech in action against Syracuse. That's a 730 game on ESPN. Coming up Saturday night under the lights at Bridgeforth. JMU puts its unbeaten record on the line against state rival Old Dominion, homecoming for the Dukes. We will uh, talk with JMU head coach Kurt Signetti at 5.30 about that game. They're they're great win at Marshall. Uh, they really played well in a 20-9 victory there. Uh, and the fact they had a mini bye, we'll talk a little bit about that as well. And the fact that they are now nationally ranked at number in 25. Both number 25 in both. Yep. Yep, I and I, as I said in the first hour, pre-taped interview because they're on the practice field. Had the opportunity to catch up with him just a couple of hours ago, so it is still very timely. Uh, I did not bring up the hot button topic of bowl game with him at all because I know we're on different sides of the fence on that one. Yeah, so that's okay. That's hey, but if everything plays out and everything goes according to plan, hey, never know. 
Could they, could they, could they sneak point. in the back door yes. and get in? And they should be able to. That's mm-hmm. within the rules Absolutely. this year to do that. I hope that happens for them. Now, that would be great. It's when Burtonette was talking about building the brand and mm-hmm. putting that there on the national stage, that would be huge for James Madison if they can, if they can get it into a bowl game. Root for mediocrity across college football because yes. then you'll have a lot of five oh, and seven yes. teams. Oh, yes. They, they can. They've already qual- they're already bowl eligible. Was it 7-0? and Yeah, they're 7-0. and and four and zero in the Sun Belt. Sun Belt. Yep. Uh, now Old Dominion's three and one in the Sun Belt. They're four and three overall, but I think yeah. they're getting better. They are getting. I think better. ODU's getting better, but JMU's the only unbeaten team. In fact, on the JMU notes uh, today, they have a list of the only. I mean, they're in an exclusive group right now, Sean. I mean, there's only. I think uh, I saw nine nine remaining unbeaten teams at the uh, FBS level, mm. and of the nine. There are only three from non-power conferences, and two of them reside here in the Commonwealth. I was going to say James Madison and Liberty. Yep. How about that? Yeah, that's cool. That'd be a good bowl game. They're not playing each James other, Madison right? Madison Liberty. I would. Hey, for us, it would. Could that play would be it here. Great. You know, Guarantees a state school winning. That's possibly. right. Exactly. So that would be cool. Hey, that, would that would be, be cool to yeah. see that. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So uh, Kurt Signetti joins us at five thirty. We're wide open beyond that. 804-327-0888. We'll get a break in here, and maybe I will clench my fists <laughs> and talk a little baseball which I'm done talking about until spring training but maybe we will not yet not yet <laughs> maybe we will on the other side of a timeout right a quarter after the hour sports out on 1061 ESPN something about Dallas and California recently at least it's back in Texas this time catch our coverage of Rams at Cowboys beginning at 12:30 Sunday afternoon here on your home of the Dallas Cowboys in the River City 1061 ESPN Richmond. Once again, missing the good conversation when you got to listen to the good commercials yes. and promos. We were just breaking down some college football there for Virginia Union and Virginia State, and they could have a kind of winner-take-all game coming up here in, what, two weeks? Next Saturday. Right, not this Saturday, the following November Saturday. 4th. Right. Virginia Union is at Bluefield State. Virginia State hosts Lincoln for Senior Day. And if they win, if both teams win this weekend, winner-take-all next Saturday at Hovey Stadium for the CIAA North title and the birth to the conference title game against Fayetteville State in two weeks in Salem. Wow. That's big doings. Yep. And at-large possibilities at all or not? <sighs> Possibly it would depend. Uh, depends on the rankings coming out next week because okay. it's some weird ranking this week where they just put the teams under consideration. No, no numbers beside the teams. They did it alphabetically, and neither Virginia State or Union were in that one, no. hmm. which kind of surprised some folks. I think this week coming up, if they both win, maybe bottom half of the draw. But I think um, if you went out and play in the conference title game. Maybe, maybe one of those, yeah. but that that loser is going to be sitting and sweating for eight days. Yes, that's a lot of sleepless nights. Mm-hmm. I'm having my share of sleepless nights right now. Yes, I'm choking up by that too. I'm yeah. sorry. Just yes, you are. <laughs> it's a good thing you got the water there. If you need more, we got it for I you. Do. I'm gonna need it. Um, I didn't get a whole lot of time to vent on my Phillies because um, I only had the hour. <coughs> yesterday i guess and matt mm-hmm. was at uh, acc tip-off and we were doing that and john hart richmond ad was in the studio with us so i really didn't but man You're distracted by everything I, it was a good thing that i was yes, distracted yes. It, it was heartbreaking um philly being philly again going back to like the good old <laughs> days of 
they can find a way to lose, they will. People were bringing up all the other heartbreaks in Philly um, to include, you know, up 10 at halftime of the Super Bowl last year and mm. losing that. Mm. And, you know, up three games to two to the Celtics and losing that series and all of that. that was it was just. one Celt- Wasn't that 3 I don't think it was 3 1. I think it was 3 2. Oh, it was 3 2? Okay. I think it was 3 2. But either way, um, yeah, so it was. It was it was painful. Uh, give the Diamondbacks a lot of credit. They had a better game plan. They executed a better game plan. They had their ducks in a row for their bullpen pitchers, mm-hmm. how they wanted to use them. Their hitters had a great game plan. They only str- swung at strikes. Somebody's got to teach the Phillies not to swing at pitches out of the strike zone. It got embarrassing. And the last thing I'll say, Sean, is when when your best players play their worst, I was going to say you're probably yep. going to lose. Doesn't matter how good the crowd is. Crowd was as, now the crowd took some shots on Game Six because they left early. Yeah, and Philly fans were getting on Philly fans, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool and pretty yep. interesting. Yep. So they didn't leave in Game Seven. They stayed till the end to run game. You figured they would anyway, but they can only provide so much. Sooner or later, mm-hmm. you got to do it on the field. And when you had Schwarber, Turner, Harper, and Castellanos, one for twenty-eight. In game six and seven, it doesn't matter what ballpark you're playing in; you're not oh, going to win. Sir. You pick One two worst day, two worst days of the year to play your worst baseball, and those are your money makers. They those are. are the guys you were giving them money, and they got you to this point, but they couldn't get you to the finish line. One of twenty. That's when I saw that stat, I was like, "Wow!" And they had situations with like a runner on third <laughs> and less than two out, yep. and couldn't get him in. Runner on second, nobody out. Turner grounds out the third, so the runner doesn't even move up a base. So situationally, they were terrible, and then just flat out one for 28 is terrible. The breaks they were getting in those previous series, the big bats were coming in, the homers, the extra base hits, the key hits, six or seven, when you just needed that one game to seal the deal. Couldn't get it done. And credit to Arizona's pitching staff on that one also. They kept the ball in the ballpark. Like in Arizona, that makes sense. It's a bigger park. But in Philly, ball normally jumps out. Now, I know it's October and the weather's different and the ball doesn't carry as well. But they kept those power hitters in the ballpark. I thought the key in game six was Arizona getting to Nola. Nola. Mm Mm-hmm. Early. They Mm -hmm. got those two home runs off of him. They didn't – he didn't get into a rhythm. They attacked him. And then before you know it, it gave them some confidence in their dugout. Like, hey, we got to him. He got a little rattled a little bit. Then before you know it, it carried through six. And then in game seven, it was like, you know, all hands on deck. Everybody, you know, let's go for it. And yep. they, were able to, they were able to get it. I, yep. I was surprised. I thought Phillies, I thought the Phillies were going to get one of them. And it was going to be Philly. I thought it was Philly and Houston again. <laughs> yeah, in the World I would have taken that. Credit to Texas. Yep. Again, the road team. We're going every back to the game. T- yeah, road team like the 2019 World Series. The road team yeah. won every, every game, game, but then you go to Houston in Game Seven, and you put it and you put it to the Astros like that. That's I can't remember a year where a league championship series the road team won both six and seven. Yeah. to go to the World Great Series. Point. I can't remember that. Forced Dusty Baker into retirement. I know. But he said, I got that ring before I left. <laughs> he did. He did. He, <laughs> he has said, no I'm happy. reason. He has no reason to stick around there. Yeah. He did. He did what he was asked and charged to do. Exactly. Which was restore order to that program. And he certainly did. That team after, you know, the cheating scandal. Mm-hmm. He was the right guy at the right time. The fact that he won the whole thing is almost a bonus yeah. for them. He was brought in there to bring stability back there. And he certainly did. And he did that and he won a championship. So good for him. Changes. He can write, you think write changes off. are gonna be made in Houston? Um, That's gonna be a total Different Depends roster. on who the manager is. Yeah. I don't know if they've they've named they've named a manager yet. They haven't heard it yet. Yeah, I, I, there'll be some, but I mean, I think the core of their team is is good. Yeah, you know, 
Alvarez, Altuve, those guys, I I don't think that's changing. Um, and obviously, I focus a little more on Philly. Right. Uh, Nola's a free agent. Mm. Um, you know, Wheeler's under contract. Wheeler's all right. Hot and cold with Neil, Nola amongst the fan base because he does give up a lot of home runs. He did not have a great regular season. But he but was three and zero in the I'm in, in the favor of resigning him. He wants yeah. to be there. He's been there longer than any other Philly. Yeah. Uh, he's only thirty. Uh, he's a workhorse. He doesn't mm. miss starts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm certainly in favor of resigning him. The fascinating one in Philly. Is going to well, two of them is going to be Reese Hoskins, who's also a free agent who missed the whole year because of the knee injury. Mm-hmm. Do you re-sign him? If you do, does that mean you're moving Harper back to the outfield, mm. or do you want him to play first base? In which case, you don't re-sign Hoskins. But if you want Hoskins back, it means Harper's going back to right field. If his if his arm's okay, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I was going to say, do you make him a DH at that point? Well, you got Schwarber is going to be yeah. your DH. You don't want him right. in the outfield. The one I would I would trade, and I really like the guy, and he endeared himself to Philly with his comments last year, is Alec Baum. I, I just mm-hmm. think he needs a fresh start. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets too frustrated like the other night i know he was mad but he's cracking the bat on the ground yeah. and and I, I don't know i just think maybe he needs a fresh start and philly needs somebody different at third base that's the one i think i would move and the other one if i got the right offer for him would be castellanos mm. i just think he's so hot and cold yeah. and again this goes back to my, my thought process if you're going to sign hoskins and you're going to move harper to right field then castellanos becomes a little bit more expendable right Right. You know, so anyway, a lot to be determined in the offseason. Uh, need to get to the break. We've we got our interview with Kurt Signetti coming up. Arizona and Houston. I know it's oh, not going to be great. Uh, I mean, Texas. Texas yeah. It's not going to be great TV ratings, although this is underrated, Sean. Those are two of the top 10 markets in the country. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, not like Dallas a, market. Right. Yeah, I mean, we're not absolutely. like small market. No. This is the East Coast bias here. Mm-hmm. You know, so and they're, they're fired up. They're excited about it. It won't be, but who cares? It's the World Series. I'm glad you said it. I did, I, and I I don't care who wins. Actually, I don't. Have I think like, it's going. I think it's going to be a fun series because yeah. you got two teams. Need, nobody outside of their fan bases thought they were going to be at this spot, right? And they're going to let it all hang out. Um, I think it's going to be a very entertaining series between those two. I agree. And like I said yesterday, I don't have a team I'm rooting for. And even more importantly, I don't have a team I'm like rooting against. Yeah. Like I don't hate Arizona just because they beat the Phillies. I respect them for that. Right. And I don't hate the Texas Rangers. So anyway, I kidded yesterday with John Hart. I could be an umpire in this series because I really don't care who wins. That's true. And I could probably be a better umpire than some of the umpires. Whoa. Anyway, all right, let's get let's get a break. <laughs> let's get the break here. Uh, as I said, caught up with Kurt Signetti, JMU head coach, earlier today. They're on the practice field as we speak, getting set to play Old Dominion Saturday night, 8 o'clock, homecoming, Bridgeforth Stadium on ESPNU. We'll talk about all that. Their win over Marshall in their last game and coming back against the Monarchs Saturday night. Coming back with us, JMU head coach Kurt Signetti next on 107. 6-1 ESPN. Backs. Arizona versus Texas. The Fall Classic is here, and we have all the coverage here on your home for the World Series in the River City. 1061 ESPN Richmond. <laughs> Welcome back. Bob Black back with you on a Thursday afternoon, heading up towards the top of the hour. Let's talk some state college football. Let's do so with those unbeaten JMU Dukes who will come into their homecoming matchup with Old Dominion this weekend at 7-0 and 4-0 in the Sun Belt. 
Monarchs at four and three and just game back at three and one in the Sun Belt. Let's catch up with JMU head coach Kurt Signetti this afternoon. Hi, coach. How are you? I'm good. I hope you are, Bob. Doing well, thanks. Appreciate it. How did you kind of handle this, um, you know, mini-buy that you get here? You had the full buy just a, a few weeks ago, and now you got a couple extra days between the really impressive performance against Marshall and the game uh, staring at you Saturday against ODU. Yeah, well, you know, after the Marshall game on Thursday, um, you know, the players lifted on Friday, and uh, the staff was off Saturday. And uh, then we went back to normal preparation on Sunday, so... You know, with an eight o'clock game at night, uh, it feels like you got more time. Uh, you know, because obviously uh, the Marshall turnaround was really fast. I think we've asked you this question before, but when you say you give the staff a day off, I assume that includes you. Are you a football watcher on a quote-unquote day off? Oh, there's no doubt. I'm a football watcher. Yeah, absolutely. On a Saturday. Uh, the question is, did I go in early Saturday morning and watch tape? And, uh, you know, I probably did. Uh, that's pretty much the routine. Um, you know, you wake up early. We're all creatures of habit. And I normally will spend on off days, you know, three, four hours in the office watching mm-hmm. tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not have expected any different of an answer out of you, Coach, and I think we have we have talked about that before. Uh, your, your defense has certainly been a very good creature of habit. Um, how do you kind of analyze what you did in the Marshall game, and, and especially, I mean, Jalen Green, just a, a monster performance with the five sacks? Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty dominant performance. I mean, they didn't give up any points, and, uh, you know, it all starts up front with our defensive line, which has been really excellent all year long, very consistent. And Jalen had the big uh, sack day, um, you know, and they all played well. Um, it, it was an interesting game, you know, the field position in the first quarter. They Marshall started all three drives on their own one. And, uh, you know, in the second quarter, their average field position was a 14, and in the fourth quarter it was a 7. So, uh you know, we had them backed up most of the day. Uh, it wasn't a perfect game. There were plays out there they could have made but didn't. But it was an excellent performance. And I think our defensive backfield, you know, every week has improved uh, since the Virginia game. And um, so, you know, we're playing well right now. But we will be challenged uh, to the max against ODU, who has, you know, they spread you out all over the field and they got playmakers. I mean, they got a run back that averages 11 yards a carry. They got three receivers over 20 yards a catch, one over 30. So this this will be a a bigger challenge, I think, uh, for for us on defense than Marshall was. The other thing I noticed, Kurt, in looking at some of their numbers, and you don't see this kind of a stat very often on Old Dominion: nine scoring drives in a minute or less um, from what you've seen on tape. Where is that coming from? Is that big plays? You alluded to some of the stats. Is it a faster-paced tempo? Is it field position? What are you seeing there from the Old Dominion offense? Yeah, I think that's what that style of offense uh, leads to is, you know, they, they spread you out real wide with splits, and, you know, it all starts with their inside running game. And, it, you know, if, if you fit a gap wrong um, and that guy breaks in the secondary – Depending on your, if you're covering down in any kind of middle field open coverage quarters or two, there's nobody left, and um, that, that's what's happened on a lot of their drives. You know, they only hold the ball for 24 minutes a game. They only run 60 plays a game, hmm. um, and they go really fast, or they can look. But the number of 
super large explosive plays is is overwhelming. How is that challenging your defense, which has been so good? Yeah, another minus uh, rushing yard game against against Marshall. What what will have to be different against a different style offense that you'll see Saturday night? Well, you know, you still you got to fit the gaps right. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, you got to win the line of scrimmage, but you got to fit. You know, the defensive linemen need to be in the right gaps and the linebackers and the secondary guys. Uh, otherwise, you know, you're going to get exposed. And, you know, and they're very capable of throwing the ball, and they got good schemes too. So um, it will certainly be a challenge. And it's really the uh, the first time we've seen an offense quite like this. You know, they're a lot like Tennessee, you know, in terms of they'll split you out. And, um, they're, they're just trying to create more space. And uh, they they know what they're doing. They do a good job of coaching it, and they got good players. Hey, coach! Uh, one of the ways I guess you could combat that is to put them in bad field position and make them go more yardage to to get downfield. How much of an unsung hero, uh, particularly coming off of the Marshall game, is Ryan Hansen and the punts that he had to pin Marshall back, and you know the hope that he could flip the field for you again if you need it. Yeah, I mean, six of his seven punts were inside the ten, and the seventh was on the eleven. Um, that that was—he's a huge weapon, and uh, that particular night, uh, he really punted those pooch punts extremely well. And the downfield coverage to down the ball did an excellent job too. So um, now, Old Dominion—they put a lot of pressure on your punter, and uh, you know it's not going to be quite as uh, easy uh, to place it. Uh, and we're going to have to do a good job in protection. But even on those pooch punts, you know, they're going to come after them. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a different kind of game. Well, if the offense can be clicking, then maybe you can keep them off the field more often than not. What What's next now for your for your offense? I mean, you had good good yardage numbers against Marshall, over 400 in the game. What would be the next, you know, step you'd like to see from your offense? Well, we definitely squandered some opportunities in the first half. And... uh and then we scored three straight drives, middle third quarter, early fourth quarter. Um, so I, I still think that uh, we're capable of executing at a much higher level than we are and uh, getting the run game and the pass game to kind of feed off each other. The quarterback's improving every week and made some really good plays uh, in that game, especially as it got going. So um, Old Dominion presents a challenge. Uh, in that their defensive scheme is a little different than you normally see. Uh, you know, three down and, uh, you know, the way they play their coverages and force the runs and that kind of thing. Um, and they got good players and they play really hard. Um, so, you know, we'll have our hands full, but I'm glad we're at home uh, in front of a big homecoming crowd. Yeah, let's finish up with that, uh, catching up with Kurt Signetti, JMU football coach, and go away from the X's and O's of this game for a moment. You, you got homecoming. You mentioned, you know, at home under the lights, ESPNU. You've got that national ranking, that number in front of your name now. How much do you speak about that with your team? How much do you remind your guys of what it will be about between the white lines once you once you kick it off with, with all those great things? As you said, they're all great things for your program to make sure they're not a distraction and they're instead a positive. Every day. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's all clutter and noise. Uh, like you said, it's going to be determined between the white lines and uh you know, the quality of your preparation and commitment and sacrifice will determine how well you play. 
individually and collectively. This team's done a good job up to this point with that stuff. Um, it's a mature team. Uh, they listen and they try to apply the message. We played. We played really hard in every game. We played disciplined. Um, but you know, every day is a new day, and every game is a new game. So, uh, you know, I'm confident that we've had a good week of practice, and hopefully a good day today. It's a big one, uh, and that we'll play well Saturday night. Coach, we appreciate catching up with you today. Good luck Saturday night. We look forward to catching up with you down the road. Thanks, Bob. He uh, he's solid. He's a football guy, Kurt Signetti. He didn't say thanks, Sean. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, why didn't you ask that a question? That was a joke. What the heck? You didn't even ask <laughs> we were, a question. We were talking about his his background. So no, no, no. <laughs> yes, we were. We mentioned that earlier. He's in the a show. Saban guy now. He's an Alabama guy. That, yeah, we were talking about that during during the interview being played, and I was like, I, I never. I never got wow. Yeah, yeah. But you could now you can kind of see some of his mannerisms on the sidelines mm-hmm. and how he kind of conducts interviews. You can mm-hmm. kind of see that that Saban that Saban like uh, tone. Yep, coming from Signetti. He's done a great job yep. at JMU. Forty eight and eight. Yeah, the results are there. He's so to, was it, it two FCS national title games? No one uh, title one. games. One championship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Yep. Great. Yeah. Twenty sixteen. So would that have been? Was that his first year? Was that right after Houston left? I don't know that actually. I, I should know that, but I don't. Was it back? No, to that back was years before they him. He has not won a national championship there. That's right. Houston won it. Yeah, Houston, Houston won, it. won it. Yeah, he has. But not he won went to two and lost both to what South Dakota State. He went to one. I think only one. Okay. I think one. Anyway, but his record's forty-eight and eight. So, and as I told you, Sean, I was surfing the internet for some stuff on him. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I needed it necessarily, because we talked to him pretty much every week. He's so accommodating that that part is excellent. Kudos to JMU for making him accessible to us. But I did come across one story, and this is going to, to use your word, percolate mm-hmm. as we get later in the year, and yep. they continue to win. Yep. You know, he's an attractive candidate. He's going to go somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, and there was a list out there that included schools such as West Virginia, which makes the most sense since he went there and his dad was a legendary coach mm-hmm. there. Um, Boston college. If you want to try and resurrect a program, eh. that's tough. Um, Iowa state, which is doing okay, yeah. but there's been rumors of their coach, Matt Campbell moving Maybe either moving to the NFL up. or somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northwestern. If you really want to try and resurrect a program, Man. And then my alma mater, Syracuse, if the Orange elect to make a change, I would be fine having Kurt Signetti as my head coach at my alma mater. I he really would turn would. it around. I, no I really question. Would. I mean, the two the two attractive destinations out of those five would be West Virginia and Syracuse because you can win at Syracuse. You've had a, a pass, a, a previous winning pedigree at Syracuse, and we were talking about that. I think you could win quicker. At Syracuse mm. than at Boston College. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I believe that, too. Um, West no, Virginia's the no-brainer, if you ask West me. West Virginia's though. the no-brainer. Just, and like you said, you can win there. No question. They love their football they there. give They'll, you the resources there. You can recruit there. And just the fact that he gets a chance to go home to follow in his dad's footsteps at that, at that school, to me, they always say, you know, you worry about that one school. Mm-hmm. If I'm a JMU booster – that's the one school I'm worried about is West Virginia. And, I, and it's probably already in their head, but that would be the one school. If they say, hey, Kurt, for the right price, would you want to come to West Virginia? Yeah, that Neil would be Brown tough. has been on the hot seat for a couple of years down mm-hmm. there, too. And he came in after uh, Dana Hogelson, yeah. who had, had struggled there as well. Signetti mm-hmm. so would turn that around. And the, and the transfer portal, which has been successful for him at JMU, 
he would go in there and get the right guys to mm-hmm. go to West Virginia if that opportunity presents itself for him. First things first, Old Dominion JMU in Bridgeforth Stadium Saturday night at 8 o'clock. Appreciate Coach Signetti joining us on the program. Sean and I coming back. We'll wrap it up. One more segment to go after the break. 1061 ESPN. And today, we've got you covered. You can find full replays of all our shows and interviews at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. All right, this is a good one to finish on kind of a light note <laughs> yes. today. Um, so both of us are up at the Women's Basketball Media Day at the new um, Henrico Sports and Events Center in, at Virginia Center Commons. Do we still call it that, Virginia Center Commons? I know they basically I guess. reinvented it. I mean, it. the sign is still up. Is I it? saw it driving yeah. away from it. It still says Virginia Center yeah. Commons. I, I, I guess right. we go with it. So anyway, they have all these different stations at Media Day, the different media outlets and the backdrops and cameras and all that. And they had something that I don't think either one of us has ever I've seen. I've never seen it. They have a hair and makeup <laughs> station for the women. I was like, "You what?" I'm like, "I wanted you, to walk over there and get my." You I know, was like, I "Wow!" Did. I was like, "Really?" Then I and we were sitting off camera. I saw Coach Boyle from VCU. She was sitting at the chair and she was talking to the ladies. They uh, they have a salon in Midlothian. I was overhearing the conversation. They have a salon in Midlothian, and um. I saw a joke with her. I was like, this would be some great B-roll getting you uh, dolled up and like that. She started laughing. I was like, that's pretty cool. And what a great idea, yeah. though. I'm sure there must be a sponsorship involved in there Gotta somewhere. Be. Gotta and they be. brought them. That's a great idea. I thought it was a great idea. And it was right probably f- 10 steps away from where they would, where the setup was for the uh, ESPN and Plus. Plus, right. To where do the, uh, our the guys, Blake Ellett and Rick Stos were handling yeah, I was that like, operation. Oh, wait a minute. I was like, oh, look at them. Get I know. Hey, the men could do that too. Come on now, you're Why a TV not? guy. I, absolutely, I've done it. I, you know, we need you're a little, on TV, you know, padding, padding and stuff like that. We I need take, a lot up top. You know, take the shine off a little bit. Why not? It was something different. We should have asked that they had that at the ACC media day Ooh, for the women. For the women, yeah. I, I thought it was really fun. It was neat. Next year we got to go down there, Bob. We got to hit the ACC, ACC media day. We're going to take it away from Matt yeah, Josephs, or, or do, we'll go with them. We could do two shows down there, right? We could. You know, it's it's, it's radio row. You got your shows in there all over the place. We should go there for a couple. He did days. a great job with it. I think he did like fifteen interviews. Really? In one day, just boom, 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 boom. And uh, we're I mean, it's the perfect them. place. You could do a whole week show. You could just by going to Radio Row and getting all the coaches, the players, preseason player of the year, yep. all of that stuff. I mean, that's a whole week's worth of shows yep. right there. All right, that's two hours worth of a show later. today. Yes. Oh, for sure. <laughs> They're on our website this year. Yep. If you want to be espnrichmond.com. All right, that does it for us. Bernadette McGlade, Commissioner of the Atlantic 10, was with us in the first hour. And then Kurt Signetti, JMU football coach, in the second hour. Fun as always, Sean Robertson. Yes, indeed. No game tonight? Oh, the chopper. We're heading to the Tri-Cities. We got Petersburg and Colonial Heights. A big battle in Region 3A for playoff positioning. All right. Tune in to Channel 6. You'll get the highlights of that one. Thank you, Sean. Thanks, Bob. All right. AJ producing. We thank you. Bob Black saying so long for the sports title. Again, not here tomorrow. Uh, Spider football, Saturday, Robin Stadium, 3.30, airtime, 3 o'clock. Uh, we'll come back next week and wrap up the entire sporting weekend. Have a good one, everyone. So long for the sports title, 1061 ESPN. Sometimes I struggle to get to sleep. 